So for those of you that may not know me, um, my name is Brianna Bennett, and this is my husband, Matthew Bennett. Um, we are the youth pastors here at Bethel, um, and I wore this dress this morning instead of my ZO t-shirt because I wanted to look at least 20, 18, 20 years old. Um, I promise I'm not a student. I am way older than I look, and I, I tried to look a little bit more my age. But um, anyway, we're the youth pastors here at Bethel, and we just, we love Bethel. This is just the best church. Um, we have been here for a very, very long time. I've come to Bethel um, since I was five years old and, and just grown up in the church. We met here in youth group, actually. Um, so hopefully you're still happy about that. And um, <laughs> anyway, um, we just wanted to personally say thank you um, to our church family. Um, many of you gave towards youth convention, which is coming up um, not this coming weekend, but next, the weekend after that. Um, and so to those that gave and donated and sponsored students, we say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You've been so generous. And um, we take some trips throughout the year, and our Bethel family is always um, generous with helping us get that um, accomplished and sending our students. Youth Convention is a big youth conference, um, thousands of teenagers worshiping the Lord together. They attend services. They attend, attend breakout groups. They spend time together, and they have fun. Um, so it's just, it's a worthwhile investment. So we just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. Okay. I love you. Yeah, you can go away now. <laughs> I just wanted you all to be able to see you. Well, good morning. Um, thank you for letting youth host this Sunday morning. Thank you, Pastor Josh and Sarah. Um, so I just want to open up with some scriptures. Is that okay? And I think you'll catch our, our theme really quick here. Psalm 145.4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Psalm 71.18, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Psalm 102.18, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Luke 1, through 50. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Joel 1, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethul. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it. And let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. Baby boomers, baby busters, Generation X, Generation Y, Gen Z, iGen, Millennials, Generation MTV, Bridgers, and Mosaics. There is like a huge list of all the different names for each generation. Our God is a God who works with individuals. He works within families, communities, nations, and within 
generations. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. It is clear that God does not operate just through the lens of the immediate. He operates with a big picture view of all generations. God beckons us to think beyond ourselves. Not just loving those around us immediately, but loving the generations before us and behind us. So I ask you to think this morning, as as I'm speaking a little bit, how are you sowing into the generation before you or behind you? Most every people define generations by age limits. People between such and such an age fall into such and such generation. But the age lines between generations I have come to find are not exact. It's not just about time. It's also about ideologies and lifestyles, like different things defining different uh, generations, like one generation, they're into mom jeans, and another generation, they're into skinny jeans, and then we, we come back, to, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> it's not just about time, it's about ideologies and lifestyles. When you study the generations, it becomes clear that each generation falls into similar patterns, patterns of living, mindsets, beliefs, and behaviors, Right? Each one is known for something. So the millennial generation, which is the generation I fall into, those are people that were born roughly between 81 and 96. And this generation really was most known for being the first generation to have access to computers, cell phones, internet, social media at a young age. Millennials were the first generation to really incorporate technology into pretty much every facet of their everyday life. Like, that truly changed the trajectory of the millennial generation. Each generation experiences life in different ways. You know, many people call it the persona of a generation or a generational profile. Oftentimes, we see entire generations think together Their stances on things and their views on family life, gender roles, politics, religion, culture, lifestyle, fashion, the way they communicate, the way they shop, the way they view the future, generations are not always alike, right? The generation before you does not operate and think like you. The generation coming behind you does not operate and think like you. And if we're not careful, these differences can draw lines between the generations or cause frustration. Instead of hard lines and quick transitions, we need to make our aim for shoulders to become ceilings on which others can stand on. Categorizing can be very detrimental. In its rigidity, it's very unwise. Because remember... Generations are composed of people. God created image-bearing people. Generations are composed of individuals who are loved and sought after by God, created with a plan and a purpose. Individuals who are called to stand out and be exceptional influences among their generations. Collectively, a generation seeks to shape culture to their liking and their worldview. But collectively as the church, operating cross-generationally in unity, may we decide not to be shaped by culture, but to influence culture. So how do we do that? 
We engage in relationship, but we take it a step further by engaging in relationship with people of all ages across generations. By living and leading, by example, authentic Christianity. Not lip service, not telling people what they want to hear, not whitewashed fences, but real life, real living, real-time problem-solving, real people being the hands and feet of Jesus to all generations. Listen, I'm a youth pastor. Cross-generational ministry can be difficult, it can be messy, but embrace it because it's very biblical. We need to be less worried about teenagers wearing holy jeans and band t-shirts on a Sunday morning. And we need to start praying for the doors to be flooded with students from the community who want to meet Jesus. Then, when our prayers are answered, we need to be ready for them to come in and meet people of all generations who show them the heart of Christ. Paul exhorted Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 to fan into flame the gifts that God had put inside of him. Gifts that were birthed generations before him. 2 Timothy 1, 5-7 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Cross-generational ministry gives us confidence. We are given another example of healthy generational transition in the Old Testament with Joshua and Moses. Joshua followed Moses as the leader of the Israelite people, taking them into the promised land, right? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Right? And Joshua's leadership did not start the day Moses died. Here's the key. Joshua didn't wait for the need to present itself, for the leadership position to be vacant, for the help wanted sign to be posted, for the announcement to come from the pulpit. But Joshua's preparation to lead began 40 years before Moses' death. We see Joshua first in Exodus chapter 17 when he battled against, he led the battle against the Amalekites. Joshua went up the mountain with Moses when he was given the Ten Commandments in Exodus 24, and he was next to Moses when he smashed them in Exodus 32. Joshua guarded the tent of meeting in Exodus 33 and witnessed Moses' face-to-face interactions with the Lord. Listen to this verse in Exodus 33:11. Thus the Lord used, used to speak to Moses face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Joshua was chosen as one of the 12 spies to go into the land and observe what was going on in Numbers 13. And we could keep going and and diving into and looking at all of the different things that Joshua did. But all of those things happened before Moses asked the Lord directly, who shall lead the people in Numbers 27? God's plan and eternal purposes don't change as generations come and go. He calls and equips us to allow training ground for the next generation to rise up and lead. God doesn't only weave together individuals, but he weaves together generations. 
The family of God includes children. The body of Christ includes teenagers. The community of believers includes elders. We all, babies, children, tweens, teens, young adults, middle-aged adults, older adults, and the elderly, collectively are the church. Our children are not simply uh, to be watched over in the corner that is kids' ministry. They are included in our family. The teenagers are not simply the ones that go over to the gym and play loud music. We are a part of the church family. Yeah, celebrate it, celebrate it. We are family. May we make that an inseparable part of the culture here at Bethel. Taking from one of Pastor Josh's famous lines that I'm hoping I'm not butchering, let's not just be the best church in the community, but be the best church for the community. In order to be the best church for the community, we must love, support, celebrate, utilize, and embrace all generations. It's not just about what takes place in this room on a Sunday morning. And I know I'm biased because I'm the youth pastor, but I'm going to say it anyway. For a church to flourish, it must embrace its youth ministry. Why? Because the step after youth ministry is this. Like, look around you. This is where your teenagers come after youth group. They're going to fill your seats. And the bridge between what often feels like two different worlds can become a crack. When teens don't feel at home in the church as a whole, that's when they slip through that crack and oftentimes don't come back after youth group. I say that not as a way to point fingers or to say we're not doing things correctly, but I want to highlight to every person in this church how we can be a part of filling that crack. So no one walks away because they feel like they have no place or they don't fit in with the adults because it's all a lie of the enemy. So I have a couple of assistants, my lovely helpers, if you want to come up here and stand for a moment. I have Marcus, I have Sarah, and I have Joseph. Church, to see teenagers serving is to see the future of the church. To see teenagers serving in a church is a sign of health and generational excitement. I encourage our students to step up. I encourage them to step out, to make their faith their own and chase after Jesus with everything they've got. Let Bethel be a church that sees, that loves, that supports, encourages, and pours into its teenagers and and everyone of all ages, every generation. But listen... I think there's this major misconception that teenagers just don't care, that they just want to do their own thing and be left alone. So I didn't want to just stand up here and say all of this. I want you to understand that this is the heart of the teenagers here at Bethel as well. So you're not going to just hear it from me. I want you to hear from them. Hello. I'm Marcus. Uh... What I want to see is kids who aren't afraid to step out and take a hold of what God has in store for them and not leave that in church, but take it to their schools, their houses, home, work, uh, so they can sow the seed of what God has for other people and he can change their lives too. 
I, along with that, I also call, I want to call the older generation to help your kids in the process of their upbringing. Many times I see that people are like, oh, that's just how it is, everyone has to deal with that. But never I see people be like, okay, here's how I conquered it when I was your age. So, word for thought, or food for thought. I want to see people of all ages helping out in kids' ministry, worship, communion, and offering. I love seeing the Little Ranger boys, along with the more experienced men, helping with offering. It's so amazing to see them side by side. Um, But I also want to see the adults in the church come beside the teens and become spiritual parents and grandparents to them because and this is extremely important in the church because us teens need your wisdom and don't just come beside the ones who are thriving in their walk with God help those of us who are struggling to hear God's voice and are struggling to grow our relationship with him everyone has a very important role in the church Acts 2, 17 states, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. How amazing could it be if we could be a church where every generation is on fire for God? Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you. Um, You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you. Aren't they amazing? So I want you to remember remember this. Remember them sharing their hearts with you. Because again, I want people to stop assuming that your teenagers just want to be left alone. And that they don't want to be a part of it. They want to hear from you. They want to hear your wisdom. They want you to speak into them, hear your testimonies, and, and pray for them. And I encourage you, we are a youth group over in the gym, but please, our doors are open. Like, you are allowed to come visit. You are allowed to come listen to a service or enjoy the worship, please. Our doors are open. Come visit. Introduce yourself. Get to know the teenagers of Bethel. I want this Youth Sunday to be the push that gets our adults excited to meet excited to get to know, to talk to, to encourage, to pour into its students more than it ever has before. This church has always been very supportive of its youth, and for that, I thank you very much. But I am ready to push forward into even more that the Lord has in store for the generations here at Bethel. I want us to be even more knit together and connected as a church body. And I do not say this just for the sake of our youth group, I say it because it's biblical to operate with the generations in mind. It's biblical to get the generations involved. If the worship team wants to come back up, I'm going to reread the scriptures that I read at the beginning of the message. And I want you to just listen and and take it in and really think about all of these things we've been talking about. And And then we're going to close with something special. Psalm 145, 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. 
share your testimony to the generations. Psalm 71, 18, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Psalm 102, 18, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Joel 1, 1 through 3, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethul. Hear this, you elders, give ear all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it. Let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. Pour into the generations. So I'm going to ask anyone who's willing, our 5th through 12th grade, if you're in 5th through 12th grade, I'd like you to join me up here at the front. Like, come stand right around here. Come on up. Just line up right across here and face the congregation, please. So, everything I said, it sounds great, right? But, but now we need to, to learn and grow together, and we need to put feet to what we're saying. Um, we don't want to just say, yes, amen, that's awesome. But now we need to take this, and we need to do something with it. And it d- doesn't mean that all the responsibility is in, on our adults, to do all the legwork of generational ministry, right? It takes our teenagers also stepping up into it and embracing it. And it takes our adults stepping up and embracing it. So this is our kind of visual here, like of our teenagers, of our youth group. Step, we love you and we wanna be a part of this family like never before. So here's what we're gonna do. We have our teenagers up here, and I'm just going to open up. Um, Nick is going to play a song called Make Room. And it's a song that I played on repeat probably 20,000 times as I was writing this message. And the heart of the song is pretty much, let's make room for the Lord to do whatever he wants to do. I don't know all the specifics. I don't know what this all looks like hashed out. I don't have all the answers. But I know that if we make room for the Holy Spirit to what he wants to do, that it'll happen. But we need to have a, a willing heart and an openness to see the generations, to have passion for the generations, and to love them well. So what I'm going to ask of our Bethel family is, if you're willing, to just step forward and pray for a teenager. I want you to pray for them. And I know we have many people on our prayer team, so we're just going to open the altar. Teenagers, I want you to just... Focus, press in, focus on the Lord, and just allow your church family to take a few minutes to pour into you. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.